0: On today's episode of Gathering the Kings.
1: My biggest struggles were kind of letting go friends that worked for me. And those turned into dramatic emotional struggles that beat me down emotionally for months or even a year, because yeah. my best friend was one of my main workers. And had I had my mission statement and core values in place, yeah. I could have known and unemotionally looked and been like, man, this guy, he's my friend, but he's not supporting my mission statement anymore.
0: You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there through this dialogue. You will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and Kings like today's guest, grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up everybody Chaz Wolf gathering the Kings. Today's guest is just an incredible human. Uh, one that has thought about his team a whole bunch. Um, has invested into his business and his team all along the way. But yet he comes from an industry that is just turns over employees over and over and over again. And so I cannot wait for you to hear this story. I want you to grab your pen and paper. I know I tell you that on every show, but I legit need you to slow it down for half a second. Grab yourself a good pen and a good paper. There is so much value, literally, that Derek puts on this show right now that he paid someone else to put into his business that he gives for free on this show. So I want you to pay attention and I need you to listen at least three times, okay? <laughs> I have I have secured a good one for you. They've all been good, but this one this is a good nugget, uh, a good a good egg. He cares about people and you're going to grow your business because of listening to this podcast for sure, without a doubt. Here we go all right guys gathering the king Chaz wolf welcome to the stage derek Tossig, y'all hey welcome thanks for having me man yeah man appreciate you coming dude i was just you know we were just talking off of air uh, as we were figuring out the audio settings dude your beard i i get i get comments all the time on my beard and but yours is is longer and it's red i mean come on
1: <laughs> yep yep and i'm not even a redhead so it just shows through my beard
0: that's also awesome. Every time I've seen you, you've always had a hat on. And so I didn't even know that you weren't redheaded. I actually have another buddy, you know, brown or black on top and then red beard. Crazy.
1: Yep. Yep. So my wife was commenting, I got this gray streak in it. And so <laughs> those are my uh, leadership abilities. I've been growing.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, I have I've begun the process of, you know, once a week or so plucking the grays to keep it nice, rich and dark. But I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up, man. They're coming faster and faster every day. <laughs> Yeah, I gave up on that years ago. There you go. Well, you're uh, I'll 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 bow to the uh, sensei on on beard management, step into my mature beard years. But dude, uh, you you are a king in business. That's why you're here, on gathering the kings, but tell us what you do, what your business is. Tell us a little bit about like the the stage that you're in.
1: So, I I own a full-service landscape or landscape construction business. We do everything from building like a full-on outdoor space, patios and sitting walls and fire and water and all of it to uh, just mowing your lawn irrigation systems and uh, right now we're doing snow removal so
0: yeah yeah you were just saying that you're planning on a, on a storm coming through we had a little ice here in kansas city a couple of days ago actually i thought it looked like hail but then it was like sleet it was like wait a second what season am i in
1: <laughs> yeah so it came in here and hit us like straight on whiteout
0: snowstorm it was white out for a couple hours it was wild wow tell the listeners where you are manhattan kansas there you go yeah so i'm in kansas city we're not too far off from each other but but uh, the things, the, the, whatever they call those weather, weather patterns can change dramatically just in the planes here. So for sure, dude. Okay. So in, in this stage in the business, you know, I, I know you got different angles. You kind of were super humble about all your services and stuff. I know you're crushing it. You've got, you've got a huge team. Tell me what at this stage keeps you engaged. Like what, what drives you now that you, that you're doing multiple seven plus figures?
1: Well, in the beginning, I thought I was killing it. Like we'd have a 40% growth in a year. And then it's like, I could never sustain that. Like you couldn't grow from a million dollars to 1.5 in a year. And then every level that we grew, it was like, oh, we can, we can. And then, so I would set a sales goal of 20% and then we would beat it without even trying. And so it was like, okay. And so hook, line and sinker like, all right, let's get after it. We can do this so you're obsessed with growth uh, y- yeah it it leads from many things I, I i'm obsessed with equipment and trucks and so <laughs> is this is know, this your so is this your
0: bad good habit that you have
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and so i i don't i don't buy boats and sports cars but like uh, skid loaders and attachments for skid loaders That's trailers so fancy, huh? <laughs> um, and, and i i just look at it everyone makes me a little more efficient makes me a little more money employee morale You know, when, when I show up and I've got new machines and new trucks, like my guys are digging it and that helps one of my major, you know, struggles of finding help.
0: So totally. Yeah. I love that. I've, I've, I've got a good buddy of mine that he's more in the excavation space, but same thing. Like he's all about his machinery. He he flaunts it everywhere. That's, that's his, that's his, I've made it status, you know? (laughs) Yep,
1: for sure. That's awesome. Okay.
0: So let's go back a little bit in your story. You've obviously been in business for a minute, but tell us where entrepreneurship started. Was it this business? Was it something before? Like, so growing up as a kid, you know, I'm going back
1: to when I was eight years old, like lemonade stands and oh, selling that. stuff out of magazines, and you know, then what were I got- you selling out of magazines, bro? Uh, I was trying to think about what they were, but it was, you know, stupid little po- caramel popcorn in a fancy box for $12 or whatever. Right. I don't remember stupid knickknacks, all kinds of stuff We try to weasel the the neighbors into buying and we would get a commission <laughs> off of it. Yep. Mom and dad's workplace, right? <laughs> yep. And so, you know, that's where it started. And it, it goes back to, you know, some of my neighbor kids, They they had a nice bicycle or whatever it was. And I asked my dad like, Hey, like, can I get a new bike like that? My, my friend just got this new shiny bike and he's like, sure. If you go work and make money, you can buy whatever you want. And so that's where it kind of like hooked me as a kid was like, Hey, I want cool stuff. Like, all right, I'm gonna go hustle up, work hard and I'm gonna have cool stuff.
0: Yeah. So, so a, a new shiny Trek bike has turned into probably several hundred thousand dollar machinery. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. So we just got this new GMC sixty five hundred Duramax, and this
0: truck is bad. But you know, hundred thousand dollars truck. Yeah. So yep, I love it. Well, okay. So so that's where it pinched you. That's where it got you. Uh, got you started. But along the way, I want to know like decisions that you've made. Right. I want to. I mean, we've all made good and bads. But talk to me about a a good decision that you've made. Specifically, the the listener who's, who's got their pen and paper ready, it, it, they're at the six-figure level, and they're trying to get to that magic seven-figure million-dollar business. What was something uh, that you made along the way as you were growing that was a good decision that they could duplicate? So, so that's maybe not going to be a short answer. <laughs> Give it to <laughs> um, us. Give us the real stuff.
1: So for me, I, I burst into a seven-figure. I, I bulldozed into a million dollars a year, and it wasn't pretty and we did it, but then I, I wasn't gonna be able to repeat that and grow off of that. And so yep. I had to look back and see, like I worked myself you know, 100 hour days and, or 100 hour weeks and like, I was just killing myself. Like, okay, I can't, I can't repeat that, I can't do that. What do I gotta do different? Yeah. And so I made the step, I was like, all right, I'm gonna start investing in myself and some leadership development stuff. And all right, that was cool, but like I'm still working 100 hours a week and so the big level for me was i invested in my management and so i started i had a leadership consultant come in and do just uh leadership development for my management circle which they they weren't anywhere in that world that i was in so he came in and we catered it to the level that they were at and boom like now i was able to repeat me without having to do do it all myself the other side was I was going to this all this leadership stuff investing in myself and I'm bringing it to my company and I'm all excited and they're like dogged out like man you want us to do more you want us to do more and I'm like right. crap well I'm so we need to I need to it's grow disconnect. together as a team and so yeah. for me to bust through it
0: wasn't me by myself at all I really needed to grow a team with me to grow with me I love that because you're <clears throat> actually, there, there's three things there that I'm gonna try to extrapolate for the, for the listener here. Number one, you said there is a play that where you just got to work. Like you can't be afraid to work. You said, I'm willing to work 100 hour weeks. Probably you would be willing to work 100 hour days if there was 100 hours in a day. Yes. <laughs> and there's value in that, right? That, you're not saying that that's sustainable, but you need to have the ability to go, you know what? I'll do it if it's necessary. Okay, yep. so that's point number one. Eventually, though, you have to realize how to duplicate that. So number two that you said was you have to develop yourself. So you can't just be the grunt, right? You've got to be willing to work, but you can't just be the grunt. You have to develop yourself individually. And then third thing was, is that you have to be able to grow a team, but not just grow a team, but literally develop them. That's part of growing a team that we don't, it's not just hiring, it's developing them. and, And I love how you said my management circle. It's not just my employees, it's like, no, I've got a management circle or I've got a team of people, right? Is is there a mindset there that you've got?
1: yeah yeah we we try to stick to that mindset and it, it really helped us when we changed from we used to call all the guys on our mo crew mo guys like the mo guys like yeah. the lawn jockeys like yeah. so we, we 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 it wasn't easy but we we did a mindset change and those guys are lawn technicians you know yeah. i'm not just a landscape designer i'm an outdoor sp- living space specialist like specialist, yeah. and so
0: we we wanted to go to a, a mindset change of that and it yeah it helped a lot in my, in my world of, of sales growing up, like there was always look good, feel good, right? Like you see, you see Jordan Belfer in the movie and, and he, and everybody's wearing suits and ties and you look good, you feel good, you're confident, you act as such. And so that's really what you're saying is that whether it's my title, whether it's a new truck or whether it's the, the, the atmosphere of my culture of my team, all of those things for you, it just leveled up the business. And it sounds like pretty quickly too.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We scaled quickly. And, and when you go from that, 15, 20 full time employees, you're like, man, how could I ever manage 40? But man, you, you organize and systemize. Like it's pretty easy to go from 20 to 40, and it's, you got to make it repeatable, but man, it, it it makes a difference.
0: Yeah. And I've heard that before. Obviously, I've, I've known that in my own businesses too. The bigger you get, the easier it gets. But for the little guy that's listening, and I don't mean to say little guy, meaning like, you know, you, you don't have a good business, but in the six figure realm, you need systems and structure like Derek's talking about. And so Derek, you're saying there's light at the end of the tunnel. Actually, the bigger that they get, if they can press into these things you're talking about it actually gets easier. But how do, they, how do they get those things now before they have the 15 or 20 people?
1: Oh, you know, one, bring in somebody to help. It's good to have outside eyes. That's, that's a great place to start. And look at, your, look at your pain points. How do I avoid that next time? You know, how do we do that better next? You know, that, that's one thing from the military, you can do an after action review. And so after something happens, like after a snowstorm, I take all my guys to lunch. We all eat lunch, have a good time. All right, cool, what, what was good? Who kicked ass? And then we go to the other side, what could we do better? What could make that easier? What could make that more efficient? And so through all stages and parts of your business, you look at, man, we had this terrible customer. Like, how do we avoid that next time? Is there yeah. wording in her contract? What systems can
0: I build for this? Totally. And so, yeah, I love the review process that you mentioned there. Do you find that, like, be, like as you were kind of like busting through the seven figure mark, as you said, that there's, you know, there's a little bit of a chase, like you're chasing your tail constantly, you know, especially if you're trying to get to that level in business where you've got enough resources to hire out and start bringing in some other people. Yep. Like, if if you're telling this the listener to to slow down enough to review. How do they do that? How do they find time for that? How did you find time for that? I made time, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, the true answer. I mean, right? Like,
1: yeah. And and, uh, if you don't stop to make time, you're just you're gonna continue spinning your wheels. And so it's worth it to stop right now, figure it out instead of to go through it again because you. you you know the, that old adage of fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me like yeah. you know if you have that same mistake and the same problems that are making it difficult for you and you don't look at it, see what you know especially going to a lot of employees, like employee handbooks. And a lot of the, the struggles of, of stepping through that next step is is scaling your employees. And so a lot of those systems, man, if you can figure out what was wrong with that employee
0: and how they left and
1: make a system for that, man, you can really make it a lot easier.
0: Yeah, I love that. Thanks for, for dropping all that, that knowledge. I mean, it sounds so easy, but it's it, it takes work. It takes working with maybe, like you said, some secondary eyes that aren't in the forest so far that they can't see the trees and, and it just takes diligence. So that's what I'm hearing you say. Now, let's switch over to some of those things that you mentioned along the way that you learned and maybe you busted through and it didn't work out so good and you had to change and change directions from your review. What was a bad decision that you made that was just... Ooh,
1: So at one point in my growth, I merged my company with another company. Yes. They had all, they had the fancy skid loaders. So he had two brand new Caterpillar skid loaders. He had. He wined you and dined you with his skid loaders. He he wined me and dined me with a a, a big dump truck. Like he had the keys to a brand new truck for me. Like. All this stuff was awesome. And it was like, sweet, I can I can jump to the next level and skip a whole bunch of steps. Like, cool, because I, I can thrive with somebody else. I was gonna be part owner. We can do this. They had a garden center. They had a bunch of things that were already hard for me. So I thought it solved a lot of my problems. They were like a couple million dollars in debt. There was no way. <laughs> and so it was never gonna happen. And so through that, I learned a lot of not what, to, what not to do. And I knew that I didn't wanna have business partners. I, I knew that I needed to be the boss and and do it my way because i just need to be successful to support my family so yeah
0: yeah in order to take full ownership there the 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 decision of whatever it is that we're deciding has to be yours so tell me like there's obviously so so much gold in here that i need to i need to pull out for the listener here so what is it about having a partner that makes it difficult about like you saying i i needed to do it myself like What makes it difficult when there's two? Because obviously there's successful partnerships, but it's just different. What was what was difficult for you in that?
1: Yeah, being able to grab and do the culture things like it costs more money, you know, hey, we're going to spend five grand on our Christmas party. No, we can't afford that. No, we just need to afford that. Like, Mm -hmm. just little things like that, that made it really hard working with somebody else their culture, their vision. So if, you know, partnerships can work. If you have it set up, you have a vision, you guys are both on the same vision, same path. Like it can work. Sure. Uh, but for me at that time in my life, it wasn't going to work. So, yeah.
0: well, I it, love how, how you use the Christmas uh, party as an example there because every time you and I have talked now and then, and then our previous talks off air, um, it, you've always defaulted to, I have a great team. I like, I'm not the only one. I'm not the guy. Like, you know, it's just an extremely humble approach. And so obviously you take immense value in not only your team, but then taking care of your team. Absolutely. So if if somebody were to disalign with that, that'd be tough. Yep. Yep.
1: Absolutely. And, and in the landscape industry, hiring is what you're going to hear about. Everybody says is the hardest thing. And so the way I treat my, the guys that work with me and that's what makes me different and sets me apart. And then, from that, I hire better people. And from the better people, we produce a better product. Like, boom, win, win,
0: win, win. You can't fail if you do that. Yeah. the I guess what the the drop is for a lot of people is that it's scary to make that first step, whether it's to hire the person that costs a little bit more or to get that truck that costs a little bit more, you know, all those things that you're mentioning just so easily are scary for people. So what would you say to the person who's like, oh, I hear you, Derek, but like, ah, uh, it costs money or it, it it's it's an investment. Like it's scary to do those things.
1: So the big jump for me where I learned that I was doing all my billing and accounting myself. And it was like this dreadful thing. It would take three days a month to bill all my mowing work. Like I would spend one day a week on keeping my books straight and my accounting and my taxes. And I was like, I just don't know that I could, You know afford to pay somebody you know accountant prices to do all this like holy crap well i hired somebody and i paid them like 25 bucks an hour and they had it done in a couple hours like because (laughs) they were really good at it and it was like oh you know yes it cost a lot but holy crap, they're really good at it. They're going to do it so much faster. It's really not going to cost that much. So I got to value my time and my time was worth more than that. And boom, just made sense. And I learned so much from that one that
0: I was like, every time it was it, it was time, I needed somebody, I, I just made that jump. Yeah. So I love that. I, I, I'm thinking of two specific scenarios of employees that I have that when we were doing, you know, just talks and vision and review and their position. And there was two times that I can think of that, that the, that the person basically asked like, Hey, like go with me on this. Like it was an idea that they had, or maybe they wanted a little bit more money, whatever the, whatever the the couple, couple different circumstances. And exactly what you're saying is, is true is like, if it, if it's, that's their wheelhouse or if it was what they were meant to do, or they're taking on some additional, whatever away from my plate or whatever it was, it seemed like higher cost in the moment. Yeah, Long term, it was peace of mind or it was an idea that flourished that would have never flourished because that wasn't my wheelhouse. It was theirs or, you know, whatever. Right. Yep, absolutely. I love that. Okay, so when it comes to making decisions, you've obviously made a ton of them. But like, do you have a process for making decisions or do you have like a like a way that you say disciplined when going through like making good decisions?
1: So that brings me into core values and mission statement. And so. I have a mission for my business and I have the core values in which I'm going to execute that business. And so when it comes to the decisions of purchasing a truck, purchasing something, going after things, even bidding work, hiring, firing employees, I look at my mission statement, my core values. Does this, does this person being here go against my core values? Yes, they do. Emotions gone. That person's got to go. Like they're not on our mission. They're not in our core values. And so by having those mission statement core values, the decision-making process is easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're so right too, because what you've done, you just said it, but just to make sure the listener got it, is that every decision that we have, we want to be able to make it black and white, clear as day, simple as possible. It either makes sense or it doesn't, but what does it make sense for? Does it, does it get me what I want or does it not get me what I want? And so if you've identified what you want, a.k.a. through your mission and then furthering that through your identity or your core values, everything comes back to that. And so yep. give, give us a scenario. You, you kind of threw out truck or hiring or firing somebody. But it, are those the most regular types of decisions that you kind of put those things up against or anything else you can think of?
1: So say for one example, like a lawnmower, like our company motto is to ent- enrich the lives through the outdoors. So I want to have a lawnmower that puts down those beautiful, crispy, straight, nice, striped lawns. And so if we have a machine that's two years old, three years old, it's not throwing down the nice stripes anymore. It's an easy decision. It's a $15,000 lawn mower, but all right, we want to enrich lives. We want to put down this high quality product. This mower's not doing it anymore. It's time to spend the money and buy a new one. The, the biggest thing and the biggest use I use of it is probably with employees. And so you can look at somebody's personality and the way they're acting and the way they're being, they're not fulfilling or living the core values of the company and it makes it an easy decision to terminate. And so to be able to
0: take emotions out of employee issues makes your life a lot easier. Yeah, it's huge because obviously like you're a good person. Most, most business owners are, nobody wants to disrupt someone's life but if if it doesn't match then it doesn't match it's not good for them it's not good for the business it's not good for you it's just a headache for everybody most likely yep
1: absolutely absolutely well, and and through the years I've I've worked with friends and family <laughs> and so I look back and we we talked earlier about some of the negative things with the business and my biggest struggles were kind of letting go friends that worked for me and those turned into dramatic emotional struggles that beat me down emotionally for months or even a year because yeah. my best friend was one of my main workers and had i had my mission statement and core values in place yeah. i could have known and unemotionally looked and been like man this guy he's my friend but he's not supporting my mission statement anymore like yeah. and we could have unemotionally sat down discussed that and left ways as friends whereas instead i just emotions knew it wasn't right but we had a blow up and a fight and it was a terrible, ugly thing and
0: something, you know, I regret. So, yeah. Uh, What you just said there is not just the fact that you have these things to, to compare emotions to so that you can act logically, but your ability to communicate in those moments based on the mission and the core values or the identity of your company or the identity of even you that's then the that's the bridge because even if you know who you are or who your business is or what you stand for yep if you don't have a way to communicate those things in this case you said if i had just sat him down and we talked about this is where we're going and this is where i feel like you're going and i feel like they're different it gives you literal talking points to be able to bridge the gap and communicate as adults as professionals and then like you said you possibly could have just left as as okay great i'm gonna go my way you're gonna go your ways no hard feelings absolutely absolutely the, um, the, the person listening right now is potentially thinking, well, it's easy for you to say, Derek, to have a mission statement and, and core values, cause you've probably had a consultant come in and help you do that. And cause you've got money and you're at the seven figure mark. And what would you say looking back, like how early and how easy really is this? That's that a business should do this.
1: You know, it's, it's a couple paragraphs and, and you're not locked into it for life either. So mine's changed. We look at it every year when we do our, our planning every spring. And we look at it every year. We adjust it a little bit if needed. So I mean, just put something down. It doesn't have to be Google it. And you'll get some good points. You'll find some for your industry yeah. and start there and then build it to you. Yeah. And so it's not it's not something that that's is that hard.
0: Yep. You just gotta, On you just the flip side,
1: I, I did have I did hire a consultant and he helped us build our current one. And it's awesome, and I like it. So
0: that's awesome, and so that that's great. But you just you literally just gave like paid for advice that you had to pay for, but that the listener just got for you for just being willing and hungry to grow their business. And so that's incredible value. Thank you so much. We're gonna transition over to the speed round. I love this part of the show because we're gonna go one word answers. I, I I don't have to limit you. You've been you've been pretty conservative in your answers, but. I might dig for more is my point. Okay. So don't be, don't be, don't be shocked if I do. So first round or first question is this, if you could only track one thing in all of your businesses forever and ever going forward, what would it be? Profits. Okay. And does that mean just the net of everything? Or does that mean certain mar- margins? Give us what that means to you.
1: I track, I track all of that. I track it divisionally. I track margins and I, and I track net. And so, so all business profits as, for you. Yeah, I'm running 12 different crews. And so I need to see where it's profitable, where it's good to invest, or or what's lagging off and so, that needs fixing. And so,
0: yeah, profits, okay. it, it, for one word, profits, but yeah, all, all of it, a trek at it all. It's important. <laughs> of course, right? All right. And so what book would you recommend for a six-figure owner to get to that seven-figure mark?
1: So Monday morning leadership with David Cottrell, that is great for bringing up middle level management up into higher level management. We did a whole six week long class with my management circle on it and
0: changed the game for us. Love that. Okay. Very good. And you kind of already mentioned this because you've said you've hired a few folks, but do you intentionally network or mastermind with other business owners specifically, not consultants? A little bit, probably not enough.
1: Okay. I, I do network with the entrepreneurship program at the school and the horticulture program. So nice. I, I I'm more reaching out to my future team. But you're, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're I, you're a recruitment stages.
0: I, <laughs> I love I, it. I've okay. got little ones at home, so I don't get to do a whole lot after work hours. Yeah. So Yep. Makes sense. I understand. Okay. And then on the personal development, you kind of already answered this with the consultant, but I assume that you've probably got a line item, budget item for personal development, team development. You've kind of already mentioned this, but tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. So I'm pretty lucky there. We've, I've got a guy that lives about a mile over from my office. He owns a consulting business and we trade these. So I've actually been doing tradesies. So that's also a piece of advice because most of these consultants, if you're in the service business, they like to trade. So that's what helped me. So I didn't have a whole bunch of money when I first hired him, but he wanted me to do everything. Like we were building patios and retaining walls at his house, like landscape beds, irrigation system. So In one year, I probably twenty five thousand dollars worth of trade with them. Yeah. So that was absolutely. huge for me.
0: Yeah. Well, twenty-five thousand dollars worth of consulting. I I mean, obviously with the mastermind groups that we've done and then even the coaches that I've hired personally, I know that twenty five thousand, it's not a ginormous sum, but it's a good, it's a good percentage, it's a good number, I mean, to be able to like get some quality movement in your business. So I know that you you invested well with that amount even if it was in trade you still got the value of it is my point. Oh,
1: it, it was, it was priceless. I mean, it, it, it did. And it was even more than professional development. Like it helped their lives. Like it helped us all to be better people. Like if you yeah. got your shit together at work, like you got it together at home too. Like it helps, it helps full circle. So yes. it was priceless.
0: Yeah. I love that you give that perspective. It doesn't shock me that you said that because you've been so team focused, but I, I totally relate to that with my own team. And then also just even with, part of like my identity of, of, as an entrepreneur, I don't want to just employ people. I want them to be team, even family. But then what that means is that as I'm growing them, like what you've said is that it trickles into their personal life. Their marriage is better. They're, they're a better parent. They're a better everything on their end, whether it has nothing to do with me or not. It just, because of their interactions with me or my companies or whatever I'm providing for them, they're better every angle in their life.
1: Yeah. And, and the personal satisfaction we get from that, like, you know, it used to be to buy trucks and other things in the business, but like the satisfaction I get from helping everybody to be better people together. Like yeah. it, it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, it is. It, it, it's a little bit of a, like a intangible, right. But for the, for the people that are listening and, and you're thinking maybe you've got one or two or maybe five people on your team, but the reality of it is, is that people are going to come and go depending upon your business and their skill sets and stuff. But you can impact people, whether they're with you for three months or three years or 30 years. And I think that's probably the bigger point here. It doesn't really matter their skill set or how much you help them. I've had plenty of people come in in a franchise and, and they are, they're only with me for a year. But, but man, that year I've got with them, it's just like, man, I, I need to take that seriously. And so that way, when they do find something better... Than this little position in my franchise store, then, then they're ready for it. Like that's my duty to get them ready for the next thing. For sure.
1: And then th- that can pay dividends later. Like you, you kind of get it. People's lives are going to change. They're going to leave. But I've got a guy that left three years ago and he's friends with a lot of other people in town that are potential employees. And he like refers people to me. He's like, if you're going to be in this business in Manhattan, you need to go work for Derek. Like, And so it continues to pay back dividends forever.
0: Absolutely. I love that. Okay. Last question, Derek, this is my favorite of all. Of course, I leave it for last. If you lost it all, it was all gone. The whole entire thing, all your skid loaders, all your trucks, all your wonderful people. What would you do?
1: I know. I, so I, I read this question and I, I made notes for some of the other ones. And this one, I'm like, Ugh, <laughs> Ugh. like, and it's hard to answer that. Like, how did it, how did it happen? How did I lose it? Like, so, <laughs> and it brings me, do you, do you listen to any Jocko Willink stuff? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I like Jocko. So have
1: you seen his inspirational movie uh, video of good? No, I haven't. No. Like you've got to Google it. And okay. he says, get up, dust off, reload, recalibrate, yep. re-engage and attack. Yeah, And so that's kind of what that brought me to. Totally. And so depending on what happened did I have a financial hiccup? I'm going to be beat down. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm probably going to go into a little hole for a while, but yeah, I just don't know. Consulting. I really enjoy the growth phase of the business and being challenged there. So maybe I'd go into consulting. Maybe I'd just go buy a skid loader and an excavator and do an
0: excavation business for a while. I don't know. I don't know what I do. You would feel the freedom to take what you've already learned and go do something creative. You wouldn't come work for me. I mean, right. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I like being the boss. That's the problem. Exactly. (laughs) That's right. Well, I, that's, that's an honest answer. And, and uh, that's what we're here for is to get the real, the real. So I think, I think what, what you said there in the, in the video from Jacko is, is really just the, the dust off the reload. Like it's, it's not the end, like literally, unless I'm not breathing. Yep. That's what he's
1: saying. Like, yep, that's exactly what. That's exactly. You gotta watch that video. It's awesome. That's exactly what he says. If I'm still breathing, then I can re-engage. And so, you know, I'd probably be knocked down for a while, but I would do something. Yeah, I might do something different. Kind of would have to depend on what happened.
0: Yeah, of course. All right, dude. So this this has been awesome. You've given. I don't even know, like, if I could calculate the value of what you've shared from what you've paid for and what you've shared today, it, it would be a pretty big number, but. If somebody wanted to connect with you, if they're in the Midwest and they want to come work for you or whatever, like how do they how do they find you, Derek? Uh,
1: you can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook. You could email me nice. Derek at Tossiglandscape.com. Any way you can find me. If you Google my name, it'll come up. Yep. So spell your name for him so they can hear it's it. It's
0: D-E-R-E-K-T-A-U-S-S-I-G. Perfect. So, we we'll find Derek online, social media. I think that's how we got connected it was Facebook. I think maybe LinkedIn. Yep. I can't remember exactly. But this dude is the real of the real. Thank you so much for being here, Derek. I know that you could be doing a lot of things at your stage in the business. But giving back to the listener today is going to help a- an innumerable amount of people who are listening and then whoever that they're going to be affecting in their businesses. So thank you. We so appreciate you. Yeah, man, I'm glad to be here. And I'd love to do it again sometime. Perfect. Sounds good, man. We'll be chat very, very soon here. All right, great. All right. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90 day intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group.